Hey folks, this is Mike. Today I get to interview comic artist Ramon Perez, illustrator of Marvel Comics, Hawkeye, and Eisner award-winning graphic novel Jim Henson's Tales of the Sand. Being very familiar with his work, it was a great experience for me having followed his work since the early 90s when he was working on Palladium Books illustrations, shaping and bringing images to characters and alien creatures that you had no idea what they'd look like based on their description, but he brought them to life. On top of it, he he was amazing and fun to talk to, very open to talking about his work and his experience. It was a great time, and I'd like to share it with all of you right here, right now. So let's geek out with me on this one. I'm your freak of the Ramon, Yo. what made you embark on the path of illustration? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I ever really made a conscien conscious choice to do it. I, um, I've been drawing since as long as I can remember. I was a kid always doing my own stories or illustrations or whatever. And, uh, and actually, much like uh, you were just saying about architecture, I was like, when I was graduating high school, I didn't really know what my options were so i was like looking into architecture interior design fashion design like anything that, I, that involved the creative and uh, allowed me to kind of utilize the, the skill set that i had kind of thing right mm -hmm. and then i just kind of came across while, while exploring it was in, in lieu of an uncle kind of going oh you should check out the the school uh, sheridan which was about two hours outside of where I lived, and they were quite famous for animation. Disney would come up there and call like the best animators for their for their in-house teams back in the day. Oh yeah. And um, so I was like, oh, I looked into the animation. I was like, well, knowing hell, I want to do animation. And so, but I had no. After looking into animation, I was like, well, I have no interest in this because it was like sounded repetitive and kind of not not really my my bag anyway. So, but I, while looking at their course list, I came across illustration and I looked it up and I had a little interview and it, just everything kind of fell into place. Um, I went and took the course and the course like taught me a great foundation and, and while I was there I actually met people who were either had gone to the Kubert school oh, back yeah. in the day and um, and had also met a few guys who were working professionals that had worked in gaming uh, actually Palladium. Uh, one guy had freelanced for Palladium a few times and it was coming back to school to kind of learn uh, color theory and, and kind of a, a go beyond his black and white skill set and they kind of introduced me to that world and they were like hey you should be working in this and I was like I never even occurred to me that all the things that I played or read like you know role-playing games or comic books that I could actually do for a living it just didn't really click so at that point in college I began talking with these guys I went to a couple cons kind of began to uh, you know see what the world was like and the possibilities and that's kind of where I, I was like yeah I want, uh, all these things I'd be doing for fun now I can do them for real? Oh man. Okay. So it was like it was just a weird kind of mini revelation, and then I just started to gear my work set towards that. Like, and you know, while I was in school, just kind of did my own thing with comics and like indie stuff because the, the, the school frowned upon that kind of work. But mm. uh, so I was predominantly self-taught in like the creation of comics and storytelling. Oh, they didn't have stuff. a storytelling classes or anything like that. Oh, good God, no! Back then, no, no. It was just wow, like, really. Comics come in and out of favor. Like it was funny because the course I took, like back in the '70s, they were like, "Yeah, we had uh, Will Eisner came by and taught a couple of classes, and Gil Kane." But then when I was there, they were like, "Comics are for like they're lowbrow art. No, no self-respecting artists would ever work in this field." Oh, that's that's horrible. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And now they're now they're actually it's funny because now they're teaching comic books there again. Is what <laughs> so I'm just like I was just in this weird window of time where it was just like not a thing, which was whatever. Fine, I just did it on my own. And uh, yeah, and then I began just like kind of doing cons and showing my portfolio around. I sent some stuff to a bunch of role playing game companies, and Palladium was actually my first big client. And uh, they, they they kind of like latched on quite quickly. He, uh, Kevin um, uh, Kevin Sinbito, the president of the company, and also like the lead, I guess, creative, you could say. We've met. Uh, We've met. <laughs> yeah, he uh, awesome guy, and he yeah he, he is he is he showed me the ropes on a lot of things. Like he gets a lot of bad rap, but yeah. No, like he's like he's he's a hard worker. He's like built the company up from nothing. Yep, and uh, he just wanted to protect what, you know his own creations and stuff like that. And hard work in this in this era. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And uh, and he was uh, great in this respect. That, like he like you know gave me some tips on artists to check out for like inking and stuff like that. And he also would be like give me some uh, business uh, kind of tips like how to run myself as a freelancer that sort of thing. Yeah. And so I worked. For, I think I worked off and on for him for almost oh geez, almost a decade. Yeah, yeah. almost a solid decade, dude. Yeah, I, think I it's, like, looked through like, my books. Yeah, you were there for almost a solid decade. Yeah, like the first year or two, I didn't work for him, and then I slowly began to incorporate other um, role-playing game companies like Wizards of the Coast, D and D, Steve Jackson Games, like uh, all these other ones, just to kind of like, you know, broaden my horizons, try different things, uh, go into full-color painting, that kind of stuff, and and I would slowly always try to get work in comic books, but it just never actually happened. And well, imagine yeah. if you started that today; it's like so easy to get into comics nowadays. It's <laughs> <laughs> seriously no i know it's re- it's ridiculous like in it, it, today's system like if you wanted to write a book or make mm-hmm. a comic book you just do it and put it up and yeah. if you know the right people it spreads yeah exactly it's, it's wow. a, a very nice uh community surrounding that and like i mean i did a little of that with my web comics when i was butternut squash yeah butternut and i did another called cuckoo berry yeah and i uh, you know that really helped kind of uh allow it allowed me to to kind of do comics while I wasn't doing comics, mm-hmm. you know, because I was working in the gaming stuff. And then eventually that those led to comic book work and I slowly began to get, you know, some itty bitty jobs here and there, usually as an inker coming in to feed up a schedule or like... <laughs> Your inks are awesome, dude. Thanks, man. Your Thanks inks are you. solid. And, what, is, uh, what is the word on it's, your 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 inks are fleek? Is that what <laughs> they're on on fleek? <laughs> they're on fleek. Yeah, so I mean, just, so I did that, and I tried to weasel my way into comics through like doing inking, and then like I'd come in and do like last minute art jobs, and I was getting odd jobs here and there, working with great writers. Um, you know, I did some stuff with um, B. Clay Moore for DC, and then Catherine Nimmin for Marvel, but nothing really like took off till. Uh, I did Tale of Sand, and that's when they kind of that company gave me so much free reign to do what I you know what basically I said they gave me the ability to do what I do best and kind of let me do it without asking too many questions, which I felt no, no other companies ever did. And then that obviously won a few awards, yeah. uh, and that kind of opened up a lot more doors. Suddenly, the same people I was trying to get work from before, who were kind of like brushing me off, were suddenly knocking on my door, which was you know which is the way it always is. And you know then everybody's like overnight sensation, and I'm like yeah overnight. 15 years my ass you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's kind of hilarious but it's a long road but I've learned a lot along the way and who knows where it's going to take me from from here either, you know what I mean it's like comics I think are just like a pit stop on the way maybe who knows yeah. we'll see 
Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see where you go from here. I mean, like uh, the first comic I've ever seen of yours was actually Machinations of Doom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was way back, and that was a lot of. That's a lot of comic. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like I think it was like ninety pages or something. Yeah, it was, and that was great because Kevin at Palladium was basically like, uh, like he loved doing comics, and he was actually an artist himself. So either, mm-hmm. and he always wanted to do comics, and I was like, hey, why don't I do a comic for you guys in your monthly, uh, so your quarterly magazine, The Rifter. Yeah, and he was like, well, I can't pay you much. And I was like, eh, don't worry about it. It's just like, for me, it's an experience. It's a place to kind of stretch my muscles and, you know, get back into, you know, sequential storytelling, which I hadn't been doing much of at that point. And it was great. He let me write it, draw it, play in his world, create characters, you know, and have a ride with it. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's not literary, literary gold, but I just tried to create something that was fun. And oh, come on, play. Uh, Riffs is a crazy sandbox. No one's looking oh, yeah. for literary gold. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, the the book was fun to read. I was showing it to my nephew a little while ago. He thought it was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, come on, any book where a talking monkey mm-hmm. is part of the mainstay of action, he was down. <laughs> you also brought us the grackle tooth, and what was it? The oh, yeah, the yeah. finger tooth carpet banger. <laughs> that's what they named it the finger tooth carpet bagger that little critter that you oh, put that guy. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. every one of your group pictures we oh, had yeah. no me and my friends had noticed that thing for like a while now every time you had done group pictures we're like what the hell is that thing yeah, <laughs> like, yeah so that's, I had a real joy working with that company because I you know like Kevin after a while like, like I said I worked there for almost a decade and after about the third year I, I wasn't even showing him roughs anymore I was just drawing and then sometimes I'd just get a raw script and he would go just pick whatever you want to draw and do it and we'll work we'll, we'll work the script around your your character designs and I did that for I think it was like Federation of Magic like, yeah oh my I god just, that book is beautiful oh thanks man <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. that, book, that book was basically like me just going nuts with whatever I wanted to draw and they just worked all the classes around my art yeah dude it went everywhere from like uh, Bugman to Fetish Wizards it was, it was yeah, crazy yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was great. Like, I mean, they gave me some rough ideas of what they wanted, and then I just kind of went with it and sent it in, and they worked, you know, adjusted things uh, accordingly. But yeah, and but the cool thing about working for him was like I could do things like that, sneak in these weird characters in the background. It just adds, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I had I had a lot of fun with it, which is something I haven't been able to do in uh, in comics, unfortunately. Yeah, just the way things have rolled, but. Uh, it'd be something I'd like to get back into, just having like yeah, these secondary tertiary characters just hidden in the background and little Easter eggs and just having fun with it kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, then you out, you, you, had, you grew past them, man. <laughs> you grew past them, and now you had to get more locked down. Yeah, yeah, that happens. They put borders on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like, like I said, I've admired your work for a while, and it's always been cool stuff, and you've always seemed pretty laid back mm-hmm. at dealing with friendly. it. Because, I don't know, running into you in the convention, I always feel bad for illustrators sitting at the table. That's, I've ran tables at conventions. Like, I've been to the Aluxcon. I think I told you about that. And an artist estate. Mm-hmm. And it, and that was really small and nice, and it was social. You could meet and talk with other illustrators. Like, that's how I met Brom and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. dude, dude I, I put it in a light bulb with him. <laughs> it was hilarious. But the situation at the Comic-Con, while better than it used to be, mm-hmm. um, is still... Kind of harrowing. It's yeah. Like, I look at it, does anybody want water? Anybody, <laughs> anybody need a sandwich or something? 
I feel bad. That's why I never, I never go to those booths bringing. Like my wife was always like, maybe you should bring comics if you sign. I'm like, come on, I'm not gonna add to the long line of people that they already got doing that. Hey, one or two we don't mind, but those guys who have the carts, yeah, like a pile of fifty. I'm just like, yeah, but you can. I don't think so. (laughs) You could easily end up behind that guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh no, totally true. Totally. And you don't want to be the guy. Like I remember, like the one time I went to just say hi to an illustrator. And I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. There was a crowd before I got there. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got there, just to say hi, I guess something crawled up into him. And he was, like, snappy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't upset. I mean, like, I don't know what goes on in the day there. Anything could go on. And he was a pretty famous illustra- a f- pretty famous comic artist. Yeah. You know, he does a lot of pinup work. I've, I think we all, we've all been there. It's, it's a long day. You're the wrong person. Some people get too demanding sometimes. And... They think there's like a little bit of a sense of entitlement and, you know, it's like it's, it's hard to keep up, uh, you know, keep that game face going. Like, I don't, like Yeah, I, I came like, just to say hi. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't even have a book to sign or anything. The book that he yeah. was selling, I already owned. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was just kidding to say, yeah, he's like, we're doing no more signs right now. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. Cool, dude. Just <laughs> saying hi. Your work is great. Moving on. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, it, it, it totally happens. But oh yeah, remember, it's funny when I was sitting beside uh, I sit beside Eric Kennedy a lot because we share the same uh, uh, agent in Essential Sequential, and he's always joking around. He's like looking at me, he's going, "How do you stay so nice?" <laughs> You're Canadian, man. And I'm just like, I'm just like, trust me, my inner voice sometimes <laughs> it's going, but I, I keep it calm on the exterior. Just keep a game face going. It's like playing poker. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to say, by the way, you've got some good beard action going right now. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting whiter now, though. That's a problem. I eh, don't worry about it. Your beard game is on. <laughs> All right? Your beard game is on. You went from top boof to uh, to chin boof. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is like, you got the sides cut now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. yeah just for, no, because I'm looking at the picture you have up here. Oh, there. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, that's from last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, exaggerate the chin there. <laughs> Got the beard action going. Uh, me, yeah. me, I don't do the beard. No, the, let's get a little chin scruff there, though. Yeah, this is going to be gone by tomorrow. I'm just letting you know. All of this, gone. I, I tried to be clear. Oh, I'll leave the top. I'm getting rid of top first. That's the one that annoys me the most. Oh, really? You got to You got to know this. When it comes to black people's hair, our hair is like a field of corn, right? <laughs> okay. It just eats... At the you know you like you know a cornfield that just eats the soil entirely yeah, right yeah 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 this hair just eats all sense of oil out of the scalp that's why oh, Vaseline yeah. is such a popular African American product is <laughs> <laughs> right? because we got to put chunks of it this our wonderful skin as they call it takes not much care granted yeah, yeah but you got to keep this bad boy oiled or it gets what we call ashy because uh, dry skin for everybody else is ash. Uh, I've actually heard that term before. Okay, interesting. Yeah, this is ashy. And the scalp gets attacked by the hair. This hair, it just curls on in and just devours all (laughs) sense of moisture. That's why we do the bald very well. And thank goodness we look okay bald. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness, because there's no other way to go. We don't have many options. I ain't perming this. No. (laughs) Ah, the perm, yes. No. Um, Well... Yeah, no, I tried doing clean shaven for a long time, and it just like didn't wasn't working out. Too much too much effort on my part, so I was just like, mm. I gotta slow that. I gotta slow that down. Yeah, well, if you keep this up, look, you've always maintained being iconic in appearance. 
Well, thanks. I... Yeah, you've always maintained being iconic in appearance. You could, like, you could identify. You could be identified from your drawings to yourself pretty well. <laughs> you know, for a while with butternut squash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you rode that hair for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I trimmed it down a little bit. Yeah. Butternut squash was, yes, that was so much fun. That was, we had a, we had a great, I mean, I, I wish I'd be able to dedicate more time to it, but, uh, you the know, The fact whatever. that you couldn't dedicate more time was a good and bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. So but, that worked uh, out for you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember, like, getting Rob, who I worked on that with, would we get recognized just based on our, you know, cartoon images, and I was like, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Like, all right, that works. <laughs> I, I've done that with my friends for years. I'm not bad at drawing. I just have no dedication to doing it uh, professionally. Mm -hmm. I can, I, I draw, I've learned to say I draw very well. Whatever okay. I'm needed to draw, I can draw. I, I'm mm -hmm. Drafting is my thing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I've always enjoyed cartooning my friends and stuff like that. I think I've drawn everybody I've worked with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my getaway. No, I can see that's, how, that's, that's what it was for me when I was a kid growing up. It was like, you know, even, even now to this day when I work on my own stuff, it's my own little getaway away from the corporate stuff. I mean, the corporate stuff is fun to do, but you're limited. You're playing in someone else's world. You're playing by their yeah, rules. I just, it, it's only so fulfilling because you, you know, you're, yeah. I've, I've done this stuff. The other thing it's like, now it's like, give me something. I want to do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, and that's why I created like, you know, butternut or kookaburri or whatever other project I'm currently working on that, leans more to my own likings and you know no one's going to tell me otherwise what i can do or cannot do in it right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. perfect example i've yep. drawn so many things in my life do you know if it was the first time last year that i drew my third character that was owned by a comic book company it okay, so you mean like you drew like a character that was established by like you draw a Batman or a Spider-Man kind of yeah, a yeah and I, yeah. because everything else i've drawn was you know out of my own head or yep. A friend's no, imagining that I brought to life or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, I'm like, uh, and it was so boring. Like, I had more fun drawing the thing. Be yeah. Just because you could do more with him. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know? No, Batman like, yeah, was before, boring. Before I, before I even attempt, like, I think the first time I ever drew any existing established characters was my first time was in college when I, you know, started applying for comic book companies. And they were like, well, we don't know what, you, we have to draw our character. So I do like, a, at the time it was a Sandman for Vertigo. Oh, nice. Um... Uh, oh, sorry, not Shade the Changing Man, and uh, you know that was the first time. I mean, like, I'd never, I was never the guy who would do doodle a Spider Man or a or a Batman. It was just like I would draw my, draw my own characters, and my sketchbook would be full of my own characters, their own stories, and that kind of thing. And it's kind of like really miss that. Um, you feel a little stiff drawing other people's stuff. Yeah, I mean, now it's obviously it's part of the job. I'm used to it. I can dive in and do whatever I want. But, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's still it's still far more satisfying to sit down and draw. Whoever I want to draw, create whoever I want to create and give them their own story and their own personality and not be tied down or have to adhere to, oh, this character's hair is wrong the way you've drawn it. Or, <laughs> the costume is kind of wrong. Can you adjust it over here? Or, they should be taller or fatter or skinnier or whatever it might be. Oh, kind of oh by the way, thank you for uh, learning to crawl. Oh, thank you. Thank that was you. a lot of fun. Thank you very much. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I, 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 okay. I, I learned to read from Spider-Man. My mom was into comics. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so... So, um, and it's tough being a Spider-Man fan sometimes, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because he suffers Peter Pan syndrome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was reading him before he was married. I was fine when he got married. I was yeah. fine when there was a kid on the way. And then that all went away. I didn't even know there was a kid on the way. <laughs> yeah, there was a kid on the way. But, you know, 
familiarity, you know. He's got to go yeah. back to the bugle. No, no, exactly. Yeah, I mean that was, and that's interesting too. Like that was a fun project. But, uh, that was interesting because when I signed on to that project, I signed on with one particular editor, and that editor left the company, or sorry, he moved to another facet of the company. So a new editor came in on that project and kind of the first editor was was Chris Ed, I think, right? No, it was, was it? no on the Learning to Crawl series was. Um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. It I don't was, worry about it. But anyways, it's like he he was like uh, you know his whole pitch to me was like you got free reign do what you want. This that the other thing. This is the whole idea behind the series. We're going back to the source material. We're gonna play around with it a little bit. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, do you mind if I draw it in like a Ditko S style, kind of echoing the old comic books? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. You know, whatever. And, yeah, so it could like fit in with what was before. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then like, but then the new editorial team came on and they were like, well, we're going to push you a little more in this direction. Can you have more splashy pages? And I was like, yeah, but that era didn't have splashy pages. I wanted to keep it very low, like the old classic stuff, right? So, you know what I mean? So it was, it was kind of like having to like meet them halfway between what I want to do and what they want to do. And that's kind of happened numerous times, whether it's being on Hawkeye or Spider-Man, you kind of have to adjust your vision to play within the confines of the company that you're working for. You know, I mean, this could, I mean, it's not negative. In the, in the, in the no, 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 it's a business. It's a business. It's a business transaction, and, and basically, you are, you know, they have what they want, and then you're bringing what you have to the table. So the best is, you know, you meet halfway, and obviously, sometimes those relationships will push you to do things to work within those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it's just sometimes it can be frustrating in the sense that you're 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 excited for one thing, and then you're like suddenly that's taken away, and you had to move another way, kind of thing. So you're like. You know, so it's an interesting world, but yeah, like to, to be able to draw your own characters, like do the image thing or something, is um, very exciting. That's something I'm looking forward to actually. Are you going to go into an image thing? Yeah, I actually have an image project lined up for the end of this year. I probably won't be starting it till uh, mid year, maybe, oh, if not dude, maybe late fall. Wait. Yeah, I'm working, it's not just by myself, I'm working with Alex DeCampi. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of approached me after Tale of Stand to work on a, a project. and. And uh, she pitched me, and I, I like what she brought to the table. And uh, so it's been sitting around for a while. So uh, I just told her, unfortunately, you have to wait till all these other obligations get um, taken care of. So I, don't know, I like so, yeah, a lot of image comics, man. Yeah, so I'll be doing that. With, but mine's not going to be ongoing. It's only going to be an eight issue mini. That's fine. And uh, which I prefer, actually. I prefer yeah. minis going. And, uh, and then I have another project with Arkea, which I'm doing right after I'm done Hawkeye here. Uh, modern day adaptation of Jane Eyre, which I'm, I've been working on in tandem with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So I've got that coming out, which I'll be working on that full time for the next few months. And then after that, probably more Marvel stuff too, because I have to do a few more. And then, and then hopefully, <laughs> like in 2017, <laughs> hopefully 2017, that's when I get to actually do the stuff. That oh I'm my actually- God, you've got to do a, a plan out for over two years. <laughs> If you'd asked me this like a while ago, I would have said you're you know because I always like book no more than a few months ahead. Now I'm like, all right, technically I'm booked till the end of 2017. This is just a little bit ludicrous, <laughs> which is also awesome because yes, I, it's, know, it's completely awesome. I guess it's like you know nice job security, but uh, at the same time I'm like, holy shit, when do I work in my own stuff? You, you know, know who Terry Moore is? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, uh, I was talking to him about um, his work and why I like it and stuff like that. But uh, the subject came up with uh, how mainstream comics have uh, kind of grown, ha- ha- stopped growing with me at a certain point. But I still stay on them because I'm kind of it, they're imprinted on me, and that's where I found a like for the non-mainstream books that you get out of Image. 
because uh, you get stories that are open-ended. They do more literarily to try to keep you in. They're more focused on the story. Artwork has always been a thing with them. Mm-hmm. And story wasn't the main thing when they started, but it has become a, a staple for a lot of their books in recent years. So that's why they've always been a, a nice break when I want to get away from uh, enjoying my the, the imprint mm-hmm. or being pissed off at my imprint. <laughs> I mean, I never get harshly mad. I'm like, yeah. I'm not that guy. I've never been the, oh, my God, I don't lose. They've changed him so bad. I can't deal with it. No, I've never been that guy. But... um. <laughs> But it's always been like, uh, what What was the joke I always said? Oh, Spider-Man, Clone Saga. Nope. Okay, yeah. get back to you in a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nice to know you. See ya. <laughs> See you later, Spider-Man. I'll catch you later. I'll get back to you. Oh, Clone Melted, you're back? Okay, welcome back. Good to see you, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. uh, brand new that's, day. That's okay. the way, yeah. <laughs> catch you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, J. Michael Straczynski's seven-year run was excellent. And then it ended with Brand New Day, and I was like, I still had that. I still had the seven-year run, so that was my arc. Brand New Day is here. That's not mm. what I'm reading. Call me when that's over. <laughs> Someone yeah. will like it. Someone yeah, always does. It just yeah. that wasn't for me. And or or if they, there's even if the masses don't like it, somehow they still buy it anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it still gets bought. Mm-hmm. So, so somebody's liking it. Somebody's reading it. So exactly. that's that's why I can never get upset. I mean, like I'm I do not make up the collective number of every reader. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm just a reader. And okay, I didn't like this turn they took. There's been a lot of turns and things I don't like they take. Yep. So I move on. No, exactly. The story is not for you. Every novel you pick up in your life is going to be one that you love. You know, yeah. just like basically, you know, superhero comics are like soap operas. They're going to be they're running continuously for decades. Yeah, like X-Men and they're going to repeat storylines. They're going to do this. They're going to change things up, and they're going to adjust and try to appeal to the next generation of potential, you know, uh, Marvel zombies, whatever you want to call it. It's just like, <laughs> and then, you know, and then people will hate things. People will love things, but some people will just keep on buying because that's what they've been doing out of habit. The yeah. hate or the hate or the overlove always, I find it more funny than it is disappointing. It's a little yeah. disappointing, but I find it funny. Yeah. When you get things like, my favorite is when people argue, who would win in a fight? And then someone yeah. says, like, uh, like we'll say Batman, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man wins in the fight. They had this death battle series online. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man murdered Batman in a fight because the rules are they don't know each other. They meet there. It's mm-hmm. practically a 10 by 10 room fight. Who wins? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and they do the statistics and they do their study. It's a lot of overwork into it. And Spider Man murders Batman. They're yeah. taking the characters out of the. It, so they have to kill the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Spider Man murders, and people are like, "Oh my god, Batman this, Batman that." I was, I was, and I, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a troll with that, but I said, I said, you do realize these are fictional characters, yeah. and in actual, like, if they were in the comics, the person who wins, which in usual situations would be nobody, that fight would end in a draw, and they would go fight the actual villain. But usually, if someone had to be a winner, it's it's a coin toss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whoever wins is based on who's better to win for the story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, that's why exactly. Batman beats Superman all the time. Yeah, because yeah. it's not interesting for Superman to beat Batman because yeah. that's like duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know, just whatever's whatever's popular or it will sell. It's like those. It's like the the. Uh, WWF championships. It's all yeah. like you know, pre-planned and stuff like that. Rile the fans up, what get them called? excited. Predetermined. The wrestling's yeah. real, but the outcome's predetermined. Because <laughs> 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 the athleticism is there. Oh, of These, course, yes. yeah. Yeah. But they know who's winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know who's winning. That's it. 
and they got to improv it the way through. It's fiction. And people, yeah. you got to love your fiction, good or bad. No, exactly. You know. No, it's going to, it's, it's entertainment. That's what it is. It's like, you know, you're there to enjoy the ride and see where it takes you, right? And they also, you're going to like some rides more than others, end of the day, kind of thing. You well, know? What was your takeaway entering into, um, like, a major company like Marvel or DC or so? I mean, to be honest with you, nothing really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd been working freelance for so long by that point. It was, it was, um, it was just another client by that point. I mean, it was exciting to work on those characters mm-hmm. and, and get to team up. Like, um, my, my favorite takeaway from working for Marvel has been just the interaction with the great people I've had a chance to work with, whether it be some of the editorial staff, um, you know, uh, on various different projects, or like all the like. I've been lucky with like practically every. I think 99% of my, my scripts might have been by awesome, awesome uh, writers for, for Marvel and seeing how they approach a story and how they create uh, a storyline or how they approach a character, whatever it might be, is like, you know, it's a, that's the interesting thing for me. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think some people aspire to like Marvel or DC, that's their goal and, you know, and, and they, that's, that's the, the pinnacle you know, to work for these companies. And for me, it was just like, I, I wanted to draw comics and they were just like the biggest client on the block because, you know, at the time when I was trying to do indie stuff and like it was, there wasn't really a market out for that kind of stuff. Like like that thing, that exploded, uh, you know, maybe what, four or five years ago yeah. with Image. But, you know, back when I was trying to put out indie comics, it was like, okay, you self-publish. If you didn't have connections in Image, you might not get something in Image or something like that. And yeah. like some of the other publishers had terrible deals out, so I'm like, well, I don't want to go over to this company because they're going to own all the rights to my stuff, and I get nothing. And I'm like, and they want me to work for less than peanuts, and so I was just like, it was just, all right, time to chase the the big companies again. You know, I so let me so let me do this uh, Dark Horse cover with a Sokotano on it and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? And, and, and there's a lot of fun opportunities. Like, I, you know, like, yeah, working for Dark Horse doing Star Wars and and Marvel, working on a lot of the characters I grew up reading, like from Wolverine to Hawkeye to, uh, you know, I would love to work on, like, say, Moon Knight, for example. But, you know, really? I, mean, I mean, yeah, these are characters I love, but it's like if I never do, well, I, I'm not going to be upset about it. It's just like it would be kind of more like a nice little kind of like, okay. You know, I, me, I do a cover and do like one or two issues, and I'm happy. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, we got to pull back, man. We got to pull back on that Moon Knight love right there. Let's see what, <laughs> oh, because oh my God, Moon Knight has always been a crack up for me. Oh uh, yeah, I call, I call Moonlight. I, I like Moonlight. I like Moon Knight a lot. I but like, I also call him the Hawkman of Marvel. Yeah, he's like the Hawkman, or like kind of like the Batman <laughs> slash Hawkman of Marvel kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the Hawkman like, part is because of his background; it keeps changing. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, for me, it was just a character. Like when I was when I first started collecting comics, I began to like there was a lot of like fun stuff coming out, but there wasn't a lot that I was I was latching onto. So I I began to like pick up older series that mm-hmm. were already done and like done like one and done kind of thing. So like that was the way to go. Moon Knight was great. Yeah, you know, built Sienkiewicz artwork for the majority of the series. Great writing, interesting story. It was it was almost like an early Vertigo book before Vertigo existed. It was like it was had it was multi layered and you know it really presented an interesting character, which at the time. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of books didn't have that. So, so rare at the time, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's like that was one of the characters I grabbed, I latched onto, just out of base. You know, I usually tend to follow artists and and see what whatever visually intrigues me, and that was like definitely Sienkiewicz was was one of those guys at the time, and then you know, guys like Mignola or Art Adams or whatever they were doing, and see what they were where they were coming from, and um, and yeah. So then you get attached to some of these characters. By the end of the day, like if I never work on, I'm not gonna 
be upset about it. I'll just be like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to, you know, I'd rather put that energy into my own stuff anyways. But if an opportunity comes along to work with someone awesome, whether it's a writer or maybe I get to write it myself and create, create my own take on it for six issues or something, then that's a fantastic opportunity. But, um, you know, it's, you just go where, you know, it takes you at the end of the day. Right. So, yeah. You know, so for me, like, yeah, working for Marvel and DC was, the, my stint at DC was very, very brief. Uh, it, just, it was more the experience of just, like, of collaboration and what's possible and what can be done. And, and that, that learning curve of working within a company, like, you know, working for Palladium, I was spoiled rotten. I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I never had to, like, give in sketches. Nothing was had to be okayed by anybody. It was just, like, my boss, the client, trusted me in my yeah, skill you, you told me a while a while back when I asked you what it was like working for Palladium. You said, oh, great. That's, yeah, that's, that's you, like, you said it with, like, the laugh in your voice. Like, they were freaking great. Yeah, I mean, like, they were awesome. Like, they treated royalty. They... They they gave me you know artistic and very few companies over the years have have done that like I think I would say I've experienced that at uh, when I did uh, Tale of Sand for Arkea, which was great and I mean to a certain degree at Marvel I do get a lot of free reign and like obviously the less popular the character I'm working on the more free reign I'm going to get so when I was working on like say when I first, the first big thing I did for like ongoing thing I did for Marvel was the John Carter of Mars oh yeah. Uh, it, you know, a little arc, you know, and they were like, that book had to be out so quickly. No one cared about it other than the editor who was working on it and myself and the writer. And so we, I just went and did whatever the hell I wanted to for five issues. And you ever read the no, books? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The original books. Yeah, definitely. Good That's actually helped me because the it was it was done very much Marvel style. The writer, um, Sam Humphreys, basically gave me about a paragraph or two description for the entire issue. <laughs> And then I took that with my own knowledge of the books and just basically drew the story. I've never actually read this, the comics because I don't know what he, what words he put in their mouth. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God, were, taking uh, it back old school, huh? Because <laughs> there was no dialogue. So I was just like, you know, and then once, you, once you're done the issue, you're on to the next one. So you never actually sit down and actually go, hmm, wonder what he wrote. Because in my mind, I read the story when I was doing it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Uh, it's kind of like, what's it like? Is it Johnny Depp or someone who says he never watches his own movies after he's worked on them? Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's that. the one who said that, I think. I think I've only ever read one or two of my own comics afterwards. And usually that was things like Tale of Sand because it was such a big project where I wanted to see, okay, how did this flow? How did it work? Where could I fix it next time? Oh, you I never read the Hawkeye? The one, like, you mean the one I'm working on? Yeah, well, I got the first, uh, I got the first graphic novel that you, that the first compilation. Yeah. With, with the, a lot of the flashback work where you do a lot of the brushwork in it? Yeah. No, I mean, I've read that in the sense I read the script while I'm working on it, but I've never actually sat down to read the trade paperback. Oh, it's as, beautiful. Oh, thanks, it's man. It's beautiful. Because, I mean, like, I'm reading, that one has a full script, so that one I'm getting, like, a full script from um, Jeff. And so I, I'm technically reading it while drawing it in my, in my head. So, like, as I'm drawing it, I'm already, nothing's, nothing's really going to change much beyond the point. Like, and I work closely with Ian on the colors, so I, I kind of see the whole book. Before it's sent to press, so in my mind it's already being read, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I get my comp copy, I flip through, and I go, okay, that turned out well. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already deeply immersed three issues down the road on the next, next thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, I've been there, done that. I'm good. Yeah. So I'd rather read something that is uh, by somebody else who I might find inspiring or, or, or whatever that could actually, you know, change my perception on how to approach things or giving you ideas or whatever it might be, rather than just read my own stuff, right? Yeah, that's, that's so, actually good. Yeah. 
That, that is really good to do. It keeps you a fresh perspective. Yeah. You don't I mean, want to I, be in your own little circle. No, I know how I draw already. I don't need to mm -hmm. see it. <laughs> and usually if I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, I'm just seeing all the mistakes I did. So I'm just like, I don't want to look at this anyway. Uh, so you're a critic to your own work too, huh? Oh, yeah. I think all artists are. I think the day you stop criticizing is the same day you stop growing as an artist. Dude, it took me forever to say that my work is good. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it always annoys me when I look back. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean you... I like some stuff. Like I look at my, I look at, oh, this was good. This was good. I, that came together fine. But this. Yeah, but every, every, every uh, creative is going to do that. It's like I look back on some of my favorite stuff and I'm like, yeah, this was great. I mean, I can see where you know I've improved since then. But that was a learning plateau or this was a, a moment in my career where, you know, either succeeded or failed and learned from it and moved on to the next project. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could almost say that I've watched a lot of your work change over time. Yeah, and like I try to keep changing it, trying to try different things or, or constrain myself or, or push forward and, and try different things. And some, some projects will, I think, naturally uh, instill that motivation in you and other times unfortunately some other projects are just jobs that you're you're just going to kind of you know it's like driving on the highway for a while you're just going to like go on cruise control and you're just going to draw and then something will come along and you're like oh here we go we're going off-roading now you just veer off the highway and you know have a little fun for a while and then you go back to cruise control relax a little bit you, mm -hmm. know? you know yeah i mean like i think a good comparison is like like if i put machinations of doom right next to hawkeye it's like <laughs> Machinations of Doom is like Mad Max and the kinetic madness that's going on every page. You could easily get lost and be like, well, what happened? Yeah. And meanwhile, Hawkeye is like Bond or Born. It's like very linear. You could see everything that's going on. The mm -hmm. camera, I'm calling it camera work for for the compositions is just, you, you, there's no way you can't follow the story. Yeah, it's very simple. It's yeah. very clear kind of thing. I'm not going to, because it doesn't suit the story either. Like, the the, the Hawkeye story is more of an emotional arc rather than an action book. And this is also saying that in the first opening pages, he's fighting dozens of guys all at the same time. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there, there is there is little points of action, but overall, like it isn't one of those those kind of books, uh, you know. And so I didn't think that was yeah. a, a necessary way to approach the art. Like mm -hmm. I love drawing machinations to do. That's more my style. That's where. Because I, it was fucking crazy as all hell, have, man. I love, I love shifting camera angles. I like having fun with it. I like going all over the place if I can. And, uh, you know, and then sometimes you calm down. Like, Hawkeye's, for me, is a very calm series. It's just like, I'm just, it's very chill. Like, it's a lot of people interacting, you know, kids, adults, whatever. I try to throw in some dramatic angles every so often, scene permitting, if it, mm -hmm. if it works with the scene. But overall, it's just like, you can only take so many dramatic angles of two people talking in the back of a limo for two pages, right? You know, you're like, suddenly camera zoom. You know, it's like, this is, this is we're getting silly here. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Nice cheesy movie effect. <laughs> Completely on to another subject. Sure, sure. What was your role-playing game? Of uh, when I used to game, uh, well, I mean, I think the the, big, the, the main one we just did was uh, Dungeons & Dragons was the... The main one before this was before I worked in any of the any of the industry, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I did a little bit. Of, one of my friends played Warhammer, so we dabbled in that every so often. Oh boy, the Warhammer! That's expensive. yeah. I, I never got into it, but he had the models and everything, and all yeah, I was like, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah, and so for me, it was just D and D, and I think we maybe ventured into like West End Games uh, version of Star Wars at the time. Dude, we still play that today. So it was such a simple, it was like six, six it, is, it was a die six, and it was so simple. Just several die six, Yahtzee time, yeah. and it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot be, look, I just ran that this weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just re- it was a callback. I just ran that this weekend, and you don't know how many wide-eyed faces when I broke out that game. People were like, "Oh, I missed this," <laughs> you know, because it was fun, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, West End game Star Wars, you got me there. Yeah, so that was that was you know that kind of stuff. And then like once I worked in the industry, obviously I didn't play as much. And then I think we kind of started again for a little bit, and we ended up using the Palladium uh, Fantasy system for a while. And then I stopped playing uh, quite a while, probably like a decade or decade or more ago now. But a few of my that same group still plays, but they switched over now to I think AD and D fourth edition or whatever the hell it is now is seventeenth edition. They're up to technically they call it fifth edition, but uh, okay. with the with with the fact that some editions were uh, three point five or two point five, there has been more than um, five editions. <laughs> there's been like ten editions, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, so. I, me, my group, we play. Only one guy runs D and D, and uh, we only play his. D. We're, we're not that big on D. We've played a, a plethora of games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, my wife is big on it too, so she enjoys it. So that's our poker night, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You of know? course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cheap. It's very no, cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's cheap and it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah, easily. I used to love, used to love playing. My, my friends who still game, they're like, "You should come join us." I'm like, I just don't have the time. It's like I wish I did, you know, just like one of those things. And I'm like, uh, they play play on like a Monday or a Tuesday night. Usually, I'm like, they're you know hitting a deadline or something. Like Don't that. do it, man. Don't go back. <laughs> just stay away. And this is from a guy who's been role playing for very long. Yeah. I've watched people who don't have time to do it say, "I'll come in once." And I've been the guy who said, "Are you sure?" You, know, you don't really have the time for this. Next thing you know, they're at every game session. And they're like, ah, you know, the wife is giving me aggro. I need to get out of it. Yeah, maybe, you know. It's okay. It'll be here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your average game costs like the same price of a pizza, so it's buy a book, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, nope, pretty much. That's you all have a circle of friends, you know. Yeah. No, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, the way I, the way I look at it is like when I work on my own stories and all my own characters, that's like me just taking that same energy. Dude, I never run out of stories. Yeah. There's always something coming out, kind of thing. I've, I've, like, I run most of the games, and I've been in the headspace of my friends for far too long. Like, stories are easy to come up with them. Like, sometimes I, like, in recent years, I haven't bothered to write ahead of time what my plot is. They're going to be, they're going to be so annoyed hearing this. I haven't bothered (laughs) to write a plot ahead of time because I know I could wing it. I know where their brains are going to go. I know how this is going to go. And... And a great story is going to come out of it, and they're going to be like, that was well prepared, Mike, and I'm, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, that mystery you guys were looking into, you guys created the mystery, because you guys think in circles. So I was like, you know, that's a good idea. That's that's the villain's plan. That's the villain's plan right there. What he thought of? Yeah. He's a genius. That's a good plan. <laughs> figured it out. Yeah. So yeah. true. Oh, that's brilliant. I know illustrators, and you are your own boss. Yeah. So it's a, it's if a you, sword. Yeah, if you want to get paid, you've got to put away your natural instinct for procrastination. Yeah. Uh-huh, you've got yeah. to beat it in a corner. What it is, and you're you're adding a lot more paint and paint work into your in into your field now. I want to get back into it. I used to paint a lot back in the day. And uh, it's just one of those things that fell by the wayside because it was actually funny when I went to time. Comics. <laughs> yeah, time. But you know, when I went to comics, it was like first they were like, "So you're gonna pencil?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I, I ink myself too." They're like, "Oh, you ink yourself? Oh, that's that's interesting." Because that, at that time, not a lot of people were inking themselves. Yeah, that's and kind of like, fancy. And then uh, yeah, and then like I started doing covers, and they're like, "Who do you want to color these?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I can color them." They're like, "You color too?" And I'm like, "I'm like." 
because in, in comics, I like to break everything down. From, I mean, it's changing For speed, now. for speed, yeah. Yeah, it's changing It's changing now. and it isn't, because they still got that divide, if necessary. Yeah. I think it's certain artists that come from that illustration background, like, you know, Fiona Staples or... Uh, I'm trying to like, who else is like everything on their own? Yeah, a lot of them. There's a lot of them, anyways. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, but there's still like the, 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 the company likes dividing things up too, like just for it to expedite the process. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we got colors, he's going to handle the colors. You know, blah, blah, blah. That's it. You know, don't worry yeah, about it. I wouldn't want to see anybody else do your inks, man. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, maybe on a lark just to see how it looks because inks change the entire feel of a picture. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. So yeah. on a lark to see how it looks, but I, there's a lot of personality to your inks that goes with the pencil work. Like it's it's a wonderful marriage that you got going on there. Thanks, man. You know? I mean, I've only I've only ever been inked once. Well, uh, Taylor's had uh, had some guys come and do background inks for me because just the the schedule was so crazy. And then there was a one issue I did for Star Wars Clone Wars, where the editor asked me as a favor to uh, to be inked by somebody else because. They had to like spread the wealth, so to speak, and I reluctantly was like, "Oh, okay." I passed it along, and I was just so upset when I saw my pages come back because I was like, "Oh, not how I would have inked anything." Yeah, you know, but I you got to divorce yourself from it. Yeah, well, that's exactly. It just that was a quick lesson in like, all right, not always is going to be in your control, right? It's gonna, it's gonna go out of your hands sometimes, and you got to either work with it, accept it, or. Dude, I can't think off the top of my head who I think would be great inking your stuff. I'm, 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 my mind is searching. It's just zipping because there's a lot of great inkers out there. Oh, there is. Like the Dodson. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dodson's amazing. She's great. Uh, even like a, uh, Wade Long uh, was it Wade Long Grub? I don't know how you pronounce the last name. The guy who did Stuart Eminem's work. Uh, he's great. Uh, there's probably a few here and there. I, I would definitely trust my. But a lot of them. A lot of them are established artists in their own right, and that's why. And a lot I, of them have their artists that they that they specifically ink yeah. for more often, like Dodson. Yeah, because yeah, they have a, an established relationship, whether they're by marriage or by like. Yeah, like Dodson. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And like, because like I do a lot of shorthand in my penciling because I do a lot of my work in the inking. So if I were to actually pencil for an inker, I'd have to like slow down and pencil up super tight again, just to translate what I want, right? So it's, uh, it's finding that anchor that you can work with that's going to know your – get inside your head and know what you want to do with the, those lines. Or at least they have a knowledge of how uh, to work with the, the medium and create whether it's light, shadow, space. Because, I mean, unfortunate to say. I know there's a big joke. Uh, I know. Chasing, I know. Chasing like, Amy. Uh, he's yeah. not a tracer. No, they're not no, but, tracers. But a lot of them are too. Like really? There are, oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys who I've worked with where – uh, if, if you don't tell, not necessarily my time at Marvel because I've never been inked by anybody else, but like early on when I, a couple of jobs here and there, uh, I was inked by other people. And if I didn't spell the line out, how thick it was supposed to be, whatever, they were like a little bit lost. They were like, oh, I don't know what to do here. And they kind of just, you know. So, I mean, if you're lucky, you have good guys that are good that will embellish. And, you know, if you put a rough line in, they'll, they'll know the perfect line to put over top of it. But other guys need that perfect line drawn for them uh, so they can then create their mimic of that perfect line on top. Kind of. hey, maybe Banky was just the tracer. <laughs> it was it was it was great talking to you. Hope to do this again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun catching up and, and um anything you'd like to plug or anything like that? Uh offhand no. I mean I'm just wrapping up my run on Hawkeye. I'm doing my last issue right now. And that'll be I'll be ending off with issue six of the current run. That'll be my last issue. And then I'm moving on to the Jane Eyre adaptation with Arkea. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Bad Girls with Image later this year, early next, and then slowly trying to get back into actually doing some of my webcomics again. That's another goal this year is to actually wrap up Kukuburi, put out a book. I'm also working on a Pinup Girls book. So just like baby steps everywhere, and hopefully they culminate in a few things. But usually if I just point everybody to my website, uh, RamonPerez.com, and it has all the links to any pertinent social media or whatever, and they can find out what's going on from there. Mm-hmm. You know, Usually the best place to find me with current updates is usually Instagram or, or Facebook. When's the last time you seen a movie? Uh, what was the last one I saw? Oh, I guess just prior to Christmas was uh, Star Wars. Oh, man, people took that Star Wars movie so seriously. Like, oh, it sucked. Or, oh, it was great. No, it was a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. yeah what, it was a good yeah. Star Wars movie. That's the way I looked at it. It wasn't I'm boring. Like, that was, yeah. Yeah. Yay. It wasn't it boring. It wasn't boring. And there was like poodoo jokes and whatever you want to call it. It was just like, yeah, it was solid. Yeah, that's the, that's the last big one. And I saw that twice. Um, the lighting was a big thing for me in that movie. Like they did a lot with the lighting. Like, um, for example, like if you'll notice, it's coming out on on uh, Blu-ray in April. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. If you'll notice, um, uh, the lighting around Finn is mm-hmm. always kind of like a bluish color for most of the time. Oh, the lighting okay. around Ray is always bluish with tints of red here and there, and the oh. lighting around Kylo is always red with tints of blue. Up until the spoiler alert, he uh, patricide, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up until then, and then everything always goes red around him. Ah, interesting. Okay. And Uh, uh, in her fight with him, she's uh constantly blue, and then when she takes him down, there's a flash of red that hits her camera. Oh, like she wanted to kill him or something like that. Oh, yeah, and you saw it in her face, too, right? Yeah, yeah it's a retread and everything like that, but it needed to be. I mean, the movie that it's coming it's from is like 30, 40 yeah. years old. Yeah. It's kind of having, yeah, a lot of people know Star Wars, but there's a whole generation of people. Who don't. Who don't, like, yeah. who know, like, the prequels and the cartoons. Yeah. And you're reintroducing this, and let's be honest, for kids, yes, us crying adults are just dying to go there. Yeah. True, but it's not really for you. No, <laughs> you know, no, it's like a, you're we're, they're paying homage to the old stuff, but they're starting a new and it's like, yeah, it's a retread. But it's like that was actually part of the charm too, like evoking like here's them crawling around a Death Star like yeah. alleyways. Here's them in a desert scene. Here's the snow scene. It's curious to see where they go from here now. That's why I'm uh, excited to see different, different directors. Yeah, I, different yeah, no retreads over now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a it's kind of like almost like a take two. And then now we're like you have a. We're, we're going to be having a Star Wars movie a year now, which is kind of awesome if you think about it. And uh, a different director, a different writing team. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. It's opened the world, the floodgates on creativity. I think it's a good way to create a new expanded universe by actually making it expanded. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think they're going to throw away everything Timothy Zahn did because let's face it, he was the only thing that was really great out of the expanded universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, dude, like I said, once again, it was great talking to you. Got to do this again, man. Yes, definitely. All right. All right. You have a good night, man. All right, folks. That was my interview with Ramon Perez. It was awesome. Like I said, he's a really cool guy. I'd like to give a shout out to our guys at Thunderstruck Studios for our great intro and my boy Corona for his great outro. Once again, till next time, folks. See ya later. I will see you later. Bye-bye. Hater. I will see you later. Bye-bye. Y'all, later.